an exit If you blink you've gone too far We all get our news From the gal behind the bar It takes a village To raise this community And even if you don't go to church You say grace or give your thanks Before you eat This is us A small town in America And put simply We like things how they used to be We got one stop is at nine and we got an exxon you can't miss it it's up there on the right and this is home we take care of our own if you can't relate get back on the interstate and go oh hey there everybody welcome and hopefully welcome back to climax the podcast love letter to a small town a product of climax scott's digital network Per usual, I'm your host. My name is Kevin Harvey, a proud 1998 graduate of Climax Scott's Junior Senior High School. And I mean it when I say I hope that you are back. I hope you are subscribed to the show. I hope you've enjoyed it in the past. And that's a key thing we often ask of our listeners here on Climax the Podcast. Little things that may not seem like much actually mean a lot to this show and the Climax Scott's Digital Network. And we're going to talk a lot more about that later on in the show today. But little things such as sharing the posts of new episodes, giving them a like, hitting those subscribe buttons on your Apple Podcasts, your Spotify's, your Google Podcasts, and such of the world, leaving us a review on any of those services. All of those things help boost the algorithm, the sort of nerdy backwater language that runs all of these different social medias and digital content things. The more any of those items happen, the more likely it is that other folks are also going to see the posts, the podcasts, and everything coming out from Climax the Podcast and CSDN. Last week was a very different kind of episode. It was the first in our Salute to Veterans series with longtime Climax figure Ray Smith. It was so great to hear Ray's voice in our ears one more time, even though he passed away in 2013. There are probably at least five to ten more recordings in the Salute to Veterans series from the archives at Prairie Historical Society. They've already been converted, like they are ready to go. But if you listened last week, you know that these are definitely some heavier topics. So the plan is to sprinkle these in every once in a while. We don't want to do them all at once or in consecutive weeks. We still want to keep the relatively light and jovial mood of Climax the Podcast as often as possible, but we also want to share these important literal war stories in many cases of the veterans of the Climax Scots community. As you likely expected if you've listened to this show before, we're going to do our business up front. It's time to show that love to our sponsors and partners who help make this show possible. First up, our longest-running sponsor, our original sponsor, Kristen Wachowski with State Farm. Kristen is a Climax Scots alumni, and you see her doing all kinds of different goodwill and outreach into the community. She's my personal insurance agent. There's no sponsorship there. She's who I go to for all of my insurance needs. Kristen and her team take what can be a very easily overcomplicated process and really make it easy and, dare I say, even a little bit fun. Yeah, insurance can even be fun. It doesn't have to be this intimidating thing. Kristen and her team work in auto insurance, motorcycle insurance, homeowners and condo insurance, renter's insurance, business insurance, recreational vehicles, boats, even life insurance, and more. You can visit Kristen's team at their office on 20th Street in Battle Creek, right across from Ollie's and behind Chicago Title. You can give them a call at 269-968-5130 or visit Kristen's website, Call Kristen, that's K-R-I-S-T-I-N, callkristen.com. 
And Climax the Podcast is brought to you in part by Eldred Homestead Bed and Breakfast, located at 6378 South 44th Street in Climax. It's one of the most historic landmarks in all of the Climax Scots area. It's a quaint, cute, and fun bed and breakfast right here in the heart of town. And it's just loaded with history of Climax and even national history. And I don't want to get into all of it here, but I think there's probably a future episode of Climax the Podcast and more here for Eldred Homestead B&B. Now, if maybe you're looking for that getaway, but getting away might be a little difficult with the kids, the school, the practice, and everything going on with a lot of the families in town, this can be a getaway staying right in town. Or maybe if you are from out of town coming back to visit, you're seeing some friends, some family, maybe a class reunion. If you're back in town, please consider Eldred Homestead B&B. For more information or to book your reservation, you can check their listing on Airbnb.com. You can give them an email at eldredhomestead at gmail.com or give them a call at 269-808-8183. And Climax the Podcast absolutely would not exist in its current form without our access to the archives and the support of Prairie Historical Society. PHS has been documenting the histories of Climax Scots in the surrounding areas since 1984. There's the History Room at Lawrence Memorial Library and there's so much good stuff in there. Their business hours are Tuesday mornings, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., and PHS has added Thursday evenings from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., so if you've never been able to go because maybe you had work or school or just couldn't get there on a Tuesday in the morning and early afternoon, check out those evening hours on Thursdays. In fact, there'll probably be a guy who sounds suspiciously like me to welcome you into the history room. PHS could always use new supporting members. To become a member, it's only $15 for one year. Being a member not only helps PHS keep doing what they are doing, archiving the history of our beloved communities, that will also get you their six newsletters throughout the year. You can mail that payment to Prairie Historical Society, 107 North Main Street, P.O. Box 82, Climax, Michigan, 49034. And for more information or to contact PHS, you can go to facebook.com forward slash Climax PHS. And Climax the Podcast is partnering with Now Kalamazoo on some different projects. This relationship is evolving with time. It's a significantly different take on local news, and it can even be local news tailored to your specific needs based on where you are in Kalamazoo County. For more information on Now Kalamazoo, please visit nowkalamazoo.org. And just like that, the business is done. Stay tuned after this week's main event for the exciting developments in the partnership between Climax Scott's Junior Senior High School and Climax Scott's Digital Network. We'll talk about what that means for Climax Scott's Junior Senior High School, what that means for CSDN, and what that means for you, our community audience. As for the main event this week, if you have had ice cream or a traveling treat since the early 90s in Scott's, you either know this wonderful lady or you've at least tasted her food and her desserts. Without further ado, let's get into that main event here on episode 15, Ice Cream Social with Cindy Bristol. Well, what a different setting for Climax the Podcast. We are actually at one of the local businesses and we have ventured all the way to Scott's. (laughs) <laughs> for this edition of Climax the Podcast. And joining us this week, I have Cindy Bristol, the owner of Scooter's Malt Shop and Traveling Treats. Cindy, welcome to Climax the Podcast. Thank you. Now, one thing I'm honestly not certain of, 
where does the Climax Scots community come in in your life? Are either you or the Mister mm-hmm. lifelong? Did you end up in Climax? Kind of what was your path to the Climax and Scots communities? Um, well, I started out in East Leroy. Okay. Um, and when I was five, uh, my parents decided to move to Comstock, and so I grew up in Comstock. Um, after I graduated high school, met my husband um, actually at a class reunion for his mom and my parents all went to school together. So it was their 25th class reunion and we met there. Um, We moved to Portage for four years and didn't like the city life (laughs) (laughs) and started looking for property and found property out here in Climax and so built a house out here and we've been here ever since, raised our family here. I thought that now your kids were K-12 in Climax, yes. weren't they? Because yes. I thought, because mm-hmm. uh, I remember Davida was closest to my age. I uh-huh. think she was two or three years behind me in school. Uh-huh. And then, remind me your son's name. I'm Brett. Bre- that's right. Brett. Mm-hmm. And then your husband's David, right? Yes. All right. Got to mm-hmm. rattle the piece sometimes, <laughs> but the information's in there in that brain if you jostle it around a bit. So... Uh, Knowing that you tried the city life, what do you think were some of the biggest differences? Because, I mean, I just moved back from a 20-year mm-hmm. detour in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, what were, for you and your husband, some of those key things for, you know what, why don't we do the family thing in a smaller community like Climax and Scott's? Well, I guess the thing that really set us off was they decided to have a parade in Portage. Uh, for one of the holidays i don't remember which one it was now and we tried to come home one day and couldn't get home because all the streets were <laughs> shut down for a parade <laughs> and we're like this is just too busy for us and houses were right next to each other we didn't like living that close um, when i moved into Comstock, it was kind of country life um, it wasn't like it is now it's very over overgrown now compared to what what it was when we moved there. Uh, He grew up in Matawan on a farm, and so we just wanted to get back to the country life and smaller community. It's just a very different style of living. One thing that's kind of been a soundbite for me when people have asked, well, why are you back, is I don't know that it makes sense unless you've been away Mm -hmm. and come back, but I say in the bigger cities, especially when you're in like ginormous cities like Mm -hmm. Chicago, People are people are people are numbers. Here, right. people are folks. Right. And that's hard right. to articulate unless you've right. had that experience of. Right. And people talk to each other. Yes. You know, you, you see somebody on the sidewalk, they talk to you. Um, it wasn't like that in Portage. Everybody was just living their own life and didn't know anybody else existed. So, yeah, even like that. Even just walking in here today, mm-hmm. 10 minutes ago, there mm-hmm. was a lovely couple who was exiting Scott's, uh, the corner cafe and mm-hmm. i honestly have no idea who that was but we talked for about a minute or so right right <laughs> <I came> in, <laughs> and that's that's been sorely missed right and even though portage or kalamazoo may not exactly be metropolis necessarily mm-hmm. but it, it's vastly different right. yes um, now how do you think things turned out for your kids going through a school system like climax scott's as opposed to mm-hmm. what is kind of the metropolis of school systems here in right. the portage districts right Well, at the time that um, they went through school, they were starting to have other opportunities available that didn't just limit them to this area. Davida was involved in the um, 
Arts for Education program for four years. So she went into Kalamazoo and was involved in that program for part of her day of school. Um, Brett went to the Math and Science Center in Kalamazoo. So that gave him the opportunity to have more um, more opportunities. Um, when he actually went to Michigan State to register for classes, they started check marking off classes. He had, through uh, the Kalamazoo Area Math and Science Center, had accomplished almost his first year of college. Wow. And so he didn't take many freshman classes, maybe one or two freshman classes, um, because he'd already accomplished all that. So even though they were in the small community and they had special interests, they were able to go outside of the community. And, and that's even more um, of an opportunity now for the kids to do. There's just enormous opportunities for them. Well, and it's such a two-way street now. I'm still kind of wrapping my head around the school of choice and yes. people who don't necessarily mm -hmm. live within district boundaries could go to right. Climax if they like a particular program right. or teacher, whatever it might be. And yes. Climax for a very, very long time has been able to, pardon the pun, farm kids out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> whether that be Math and Science Center, mm -hmm. whether that be uh, things like Davida's Arts Program, right. they were they were always different. I don't know what the best term is these days. I should probably learn it, but Education for Employment, VoEd, there it's had a mm -hmm. hundred names in a hundred right. years probably. Right. But exactly. the ability for kids to go out there and maybe take not the very okay four years of this and right. we do these things in this order right. and it's a little bit more of a color outside the lines community right. and. That, but yet that's the, something I like. But yet they can enjoy the small community and the small yes. school at the same time. And even today, we were just talking before we turned the microphones on, the last time you and I were probably in the same room was somewhere between 1998 <laughs> and 2002. Right. And we're just kind of like hopping on a bike. And mm -hmm. But there's always there's the common ground just right. by proxy here. Right. And speaking of here... We are in your longtime business. Mm -hmm. We're in Scooter's Malt Shop and Traveling Treats. Is that still the official name, yes. the In Traveling Treats? Yes. Um, in Scotts, Michigan, right mm -hmm. here in downtown Scotts on 36th Street, kind of the hub of business with the, the store across the street mm -hmm. and the reopened uh, Scotts Cafe right next door. Uh -huh. What was sort of your path to owning Scooters? Because mm -hmm. you were just sharing with me, I know you were not the person who came up with the idea of scooters right. in general. So right. how, what was sort of your path to where you would be right now? Well, I was test marketing my traveling treats, which was I would make cupcakes, cookies, whatever, um, and deliver them to the school so the kids wouldn't have to take them on the bus <laughs> or the parents didn't have to drive them to school to get the treats there. All they did was order them, and then I took them there. Um, I was getting to the point that I needed a licensed kitchen to do that in, and that was before the cottage law came into effect, so they would not license my home kitchen. Mm -hmm. Kalamazoo County wouldn't even think about it. And so um, my husband knew I was looking for something, and at that time, scooters came up for sale. And it had a licensed kitchen, <laughs> which is what I needed. It also had the party room, which attracted me. I remember um, when my daughter was five years old, I think it was her fifth birthday, I wanted to have a birthday party for her. 
well, I had an infant <laughs> that was very colicky, and he never slept more than two hours at a time. And I remember having to try to prepare everything for the party with him in hand. <laughs> and then I had to clean up afterwards, and I thought, oh, what a, what a nice thing it would be just to have a place to go and do that and not have to do all the preparation and clean up. So that attracted me to this place. Um so I decided to buy it. Um, I didn't realize that the ice cream part of it would take over so much <laughs> and, and it would become a restaurant because after the first um, summer season, sales went way down because people don't go to ice cream places as much as they do in the summertime. And I so I was like, panicky I didn't know what to do and so I started adding food and then people were asking for more food and um, there wasn't a restaurant in this area so they needed something and so that's kind of how I got started here um, and my kids were very young when I when I started so now you were telling me uh, something I did not know before we hit, turned the mics on, so I was like, "We got to get these mics out before we do a whole podcast <laughs> and forget to record it." I did not know that uh, Ron White was the original mm -hmm. owner of mm -hmm. Scooters. Yeah. And then what year? So you bought it in 1990. You yes. said so. Uh -huh. So Scooters' origin was about 88 then. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he gotcha. had it open for two summers, and decided that that wasn't for him, so put it up for sale. Well, to that point, the. The restaurant business is definitely not for everybody. Right. It, it is kind of the definition or the gold standard of a grind. Yes. Yes. I had no idea when I, when I bought it what it was going to involve. I've toyed with the idea of opening a restaurant myself because, mm -hmm. you know, with Climax, there's such a void with the harvester. Right. It's like, ah, if I hit the lotto, how could I open a restaurant? Which is great when you think that I like to cook and I could make mm -hmm. this. There's a lot more than smoking a brisket yes. if you're going to open up a barbecue <laughs> restaurant. Right, yes. Like, oh, we got to clean all those vents. How mm -hmm. often? No, like every day, dude. Oh, right. Mm. Yep. Lots and lots of cleaning. Yeah. Lots of at least 10 to 12-hour days. Absolutely. And now, when yeah. you're in peak summer mm -hmm. time, how many days off do you <laughs> Do you take it? I summer? don't know what a day off is. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm open seven days a week. So, yep. And I'm here most of the time. Well, somebody had told me, I think it might have been a conversation I was having with David. I forget where this came from, but it mm -hmm. was a day that your husband was covering and somebody ordered something that he didn't know how to make or wasn't sure. So, uh, okay, call mom or text mom. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which I would imagine is a relatively common occurrence. Yes. It's yes. When especially with any small business, but uh -huh. in particular, small town businesses. Right. Yep. You aren't exactly overflowing with resources to right. get the things done. Absolutely. Yeah, very hard to get employees. Now, especially after recent shockwaves that have kind of affected every scale mm -hmm. of business in the world, do you maintain uh, much of a team beyond the immediate family to run the shop these days? Um, it's difficult. I try. Um, this year I had three teenagers helping uh, part-time so that that helped that takes some of the pressure off from us it's it's too much for the two of us to do on our own um, actually I was all by myself for a long time um, my husband retired six years ago and I, I said 
what are you going to do now? Because <laughs> working was his life. And um, I says, you're not going to sit around and watch TV all day. And he says, no, I'm going to help you at Scooters. <laughs> and so that's kind of what he's done, and it's become full-time for him too. And that's helped take a lot of the pressure off from me. Good. Um, but it's still too much for the two of us when it's the busy season. Even if people just think of whether you know a darn thing about the restaurant industry or not, if you think of going into scooters, like my memories of scooters stem a lot from like elementary age ball games when they would, we'd have practice or maybe even a game right over here on the elementary school fields behind. Uh And then well on hot July days, where does every baseball playing kid in town go? (laughs) Right. Can we get like, can we go scooters? Can we get a traveling taco? Right. (laughs) And then it can suddenly be, Ma and Pa Bristol versus the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very quickly. And I would imagine you probably still face those scenarios in oh, the summer quite a bit. absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And then when they have uh, the parades and Scott's days. Mm-hmm. and Those are very busy days. Um, this year I had two adults come and volunteer for me, um, which helped tremendously because I, I didn't have enough help. We need at least seven people on those days. Yeah. To run the place well you've got a minimum of probably two people just dipping and mm-hmm. <laughs> dipping Absolutely. ice cream and you've yes. got to have somebody washing the scoops and right so that yes. rocky road isn't getting their strawberry isn't getting the le- <laughs> right <laughs> some of those flavors don't mix particularly no, they don't. Well. <laughs> <laughs> although people try <laughs> yeah can i get three scoops of these vastly different things mm-hmm. they do and one thing that's always stood out about scooters is the decor. It is a, a place with character, a place with a motif. <laughs> now, is that something that you kind of got with the building from Ron, or is that something that you started the, uh, what many people may call the oldies motif, or the 50s um, and 60s no, motif? No, he, he kind of started it, and um, our agreement was that I could keep all of the, the things that he had collected until I didn't want them anymore, and then they went back to him. Or if he wanted something, he'd come and get it. And so that that's given me the opportunity over the years to kind of replace the things that he had started. Um, there are still a few odds and ends here that still belong to him. Um, a lot of my customers bring things in. Um, sometimes I'll come in and I'll find something sitting on the step outside <laughs> waiting <laughs> for me. And I don't know where it's come from. <laughs> but they think it belongs here. And that's that's the way I have collected a lot of the things that people think find something and they think it belongs here. (laughs) Well, it's great. Just looking around, it's kind of one part museum or preservation, Mm -hmm. one part Mm -hmm. malt shop. And Uh gosh, I haven't even looked around to see if it's still there. I have great memories of when the jukebox was there. Uh I have a jukebox. It's probably not the same one as (laughs) you remember, but I have one. Music's changed a little bit since the late (laughs) nineties or early two thousands. I remember my go-to track that I would always play to annoy my sisters was Green Onions by Booker T and the MGs. That song doesn't even have any words. Right, and it's still in there. (laughs) It's a classic. It's great. Yes, we make sure that that one stays. I mean, if I can uh, secure the rights or fly under the radar enough, I might make that the intro to this podcast. (laughs) Very appropriate. I mean, just even looking around, I mean, gosh, to my immediate left here, I realize get trying to give visual aids on an audio show is only mm-hmm. so effective, but I see old time cooking equipment, kitchen equipment, 
just different souvenirs, lamps. It's mm-hmm. if you haven't been to scooters or you haven't been in a while, I could mm-hmm. probably kill an hour or two just looking around at the shelves to my left. Right. <laughs> a lot of things. And something I always appreciated about scooters too was it's it was never just a okay, we have Elvis panels on the wall and 50s, 60s nostalgia. And I was sad to see the Velvet Elvis painting went back to, <laughs> to Ron's possession. Uh, but even the menu. Like mm-hmm. as a kid, I never connected the dot. I loved the ice cream dish, the white sport coat. Uh-huh. And years later, I connected. It's a white sport coat and a pink carnation. Right. Because you had the little pink carnation That's on right. top of the, that uh-huh. was the, the cherry on top, right. so to speak. <laughs> right. Where did that come from in terms of the kind of the dishes theme? They they fit lyrics. I know that wasn't the only one. That's the only right. one that's front of my mind right, right now. Most of them are named after songs from the 50s, 60s. So that's where those all come from. It's kind of fun. Well, and that takes quite a bit of creativity because mm-hmm. it takes more than just saying, listening to, I don't know. A Frankie Valley song and going, <laughs> oh hey, that's probably uh, Blue Moon ice cream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what what's kind of that process looked like for you over the years of, oh hey, there's a new that's a good idea or that's a new menu item. Well, um, for example, when we had um, the earthquake in Scotts, everybody said that I needed to have a Sunday named for the earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter and I looked at each other and I said, okay, so what can we put together for a Sunday that would make you think of an earthquake? And so we came up with something. It was chocolate ice cream with caramel topping and I believe it has peanuts on top. <laughs> and Oh, um, and the, the, um, the crackle topping. Oh, okay. The topping yeah, yep. that crackles when, yep. you, when it gets cold. Um, and then we needed a name for it. So we put that out to our customers, you know, what song from the 50s, 60s era would make you think of an earthquake? And so that's how that all came about. And that never really actually made it to the official menu, but um, we did it anyway. <laughs> Is that the scooter secret menu kind of like right. the, if you go to McDonald's or you right. go to In-N-Out? Like in an out burger, I don't know how to order. It looks like they only have three things. I'm like, oh, you have to learn a new dialect to order. Right. The real menu. <laughs> right. Yeah, we have a few few things like that. I never thought about it in those terms until recently, but yeah. What else is um, on the scooter secret menu? I mm. feel like I just uncovered like the seedy underbelly of scooters <laughs> here. <laughs> um, years and years ago, back in the 90s, um, early 90s, I think it was. Um, we named Sundays after the different businesses in the area. Okay. Like there was the Timberlake Campground had a Sunday, and the Scotts Mill Park had a Sunday. That one was the Toad Hollow Sunday. And you can still get a Toad Hollow Sunday, <laughs> but you have to know the, the history behind it yep. to be able to order it. Um, so that's one of them. Um, the other ones, you know, are still available, but nobody knows about them anymore <laughs> because Timberlake's not around anymore. Yeah. And, um, there was another one. I can't remember which one it was now named after a business in the area. But. Yeah. But those, just those ties to the community, those little mm-hmm. things add up so much, whether right. it's, you can call it putting goodwill out into the world or just the things that connect the community. Right. And sure. th- to me, that's always some of the fun here. I was mm-hmm. sad. I wasn't able to get in here before we were closed for the season. Mm-hmm. And, and 
to that point too. That is that something you've always done, or is that relatively newer of actually closing for uh, the non-peak summer months? The first three years, I stayed open year-round, um, and that's where all the, the the food menu items came from. How that got started. Um, but then I realized that in the spring I was not <laughs> looking forward to seeing more people come in <laughs> and um, because I didn't have the money and the income at that point during the, the winter months to hire a lot of help. And so I was getting burned out. I was also missing everything that my kids did at school because I was the only one working and I couldn't go I couldn't leave the business. I couldn't close the business. I mean, these days people do that, but <laughs> in those days you didn't do that. If you had a business, you kept it open. Um, so I just decided that it wasn't worth it and had a talk with my accountant, and he says, Dairy Queen does it every year. <laughs> Their customers come back. <laughs> so I decided to close during the wintertime, give myself a break. Well, and it just makes sense. Yes. When you're hero item turns out to be <laughs> the ice cream that you never thought would almost become an ecosystem all of its own right in the store. <laughs> right. now what else are you offering these days even beyond the ice cream with the the different traveling treats because i remember one of my favorite things when i was a kid was the little traveling taco a frito bag oh, with some taco right you right know, it, it, i just remember that was delicious <laughs> well good <laughs> i'm glad you like that um that's come and go over the years um thought about bringing it back again just to have something different. Um, people are liking a lot of um, snacky things these days to go along with ice cream. So thinking about bringing that one back again, um, uh, this year we started with large pretzels, soft pretzels. That was a huge hit. Didn't know quite how to market it at first. And um, so waited till the end of the season and still had this case of pretzels in my <laughs> freezer <laughs> that I needed to use and um, finally got it out, got table tent um, things out for it, sold that entire case in a week. <laughs> so that's probably going to be a, a something that comes back next year because it was hugely popular. Kind of went from, oh, gosh, why do I have a, still have a case of this? Right. To, I need to order like 10 more cases of That's that. right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And ran out before the end of the, the season and people asking for it. So. Well, that's the happiest problem with food in yes. a restaurant is to yes. run out of it. Yes. And not throw out of it. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. I, as far as the traveling treats, you know, I've always done the specialty items that people can order. Um did chocolate pizzas for a long time. That was hugely popular. That's I forgot about those. That rings pizzas, a bell for sure. Yeah. yeah. And um, I've gotten into ice cream cakes. Very big. Found that um, over the years that my hands aren't as good as they used to be. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little easier for me to do the ice cream cakes than it is the um, specialty cakes. Um, so do a lot of ice cream cakes these days. That's something that's probably not technically on the menu, <laughs> but do a lot of them. Is um, that, that's another secret menu. Item. Yes. And during the <laughs> pandemic, that helped us a lot. We did, I did a huge thing for Mother's Day and Father's Day with those. Got to the point that I couldn't keep up. I had so many orders. And people would text me their orders, and I'd text them back that I got their order and when I'd be ready. And um, 
those, like I said, those were hugely popular. Well, it's just one more way that the business changes with the right. times and right. every business faced. Yes. I won't even say a curveball. They faced curveballs and bean balls right. and lots of challenges during that time. Just, yeah. but kudos that you kept it going because yeah. that was yeah. the particularly the small business was right. very hard times. Right. And the community was very supportive, which I'm thankful for. We had a lot of support and, um, we adapted very well. You know, everything we have is available for takeout to start with. So that wasn't too hard to adapt. Sure. Everything for takeout. And, um, so yeah, the community was very, very supportive during that time and got us through it. <laughs> and that's a central theme from almost any of the different business owners we've had on Climax the podcast mm -hmm. is how important that community is but it's a two-way street for right. sure the yes. the way the community supports you by coming in for ice cream having mm -hmm. dinner taking right. those traveling tacos to t-ball whatever <laughs> it might have been but um, also the ways i know there's a number of ways that you've given back to the community as mm -hmm. well over the years mm -hmm. what are some of your favorite ways that you've been able to kind of give back to the community just to say thanks for their support of you over the years oh my there have been so many <laughs> of the 900, can you think of three? <laughs> um, well, um, I support the yearbook. I take out ads for the yearbook every year. Um, I've um, sponsored, uh, we call them baseball teams, mm -hmm. little league teams. I've sponsored um, soccer teams, um, ad adult women soccer teams. <laughs> Um, are the soccer teams that I sponsored. Um, oh, what else? Oh, I've done things for um, when they were doing the um, carnivals at the school. Mm -hmm. yep. I would scoop up ice cream into little dishes with lids on them and donate them to the school, and then they would sell them at the carnival. So things like that. Um, well, then you... You were a part of some of the more recent Memorial Days, too, weren't you? Oh, yes. Yes, I've been doing that for quite a while. Um, did it for quite a few years and then stopped because it was outside. Yeah. And we had such horrible weather. We'd have either cold and rainy weather or the last one I remember um, was a horrible windstorm. <laughs> <laughs> took my entire tent oh, geez. <laughs> away. <laughs> and I said at that point, I'm done. I'm not going to do this anymore. And then Ann Majewski, when she was in charge of, of doing those things, and she said, I'll give you a spot in the school <laughs> that you can be inside. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll try it again. <laughs> and since then, I've been involved again. Yeah, as long as I can be inside. It's yeah. just not good to be outside with ice cream. Yeah, the Memorial Day in Climax or the Founder's Day activities, there's kind of two token weathers. Either rainy and miserable right. or 10,000 degrees <laughs> and miserable. Absolutely, yes. It's like, are the band kids going to be wet in their uniforms and hate right. it? Or are they going to be passing out from heat <laughs> right. exhaustion? Absolutely. Never yep. anything in the middle. No, nope, not, that, not that weekend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Looking through it all, what do you think you've enjoyed the most of maintaining Scooter's Malt Shop and Traveling Treats and downtown scotts mm -hmm. for gosh where are we at now we're 30 years 34 30, wow. i just finished my 34th season yeah 
Um, <laughs> I guess my biggest pride thing of it all was when I started this, the male part of the community didn't think I could do it. <laughs> and not only did I do it, I outlived all of them. <laughs> I've been here longer than they, they made it. And so uh, to me, that's a huge accomplishment. You know, they didn't think a woman could own a business. And I proved them wrong that that, that can happen and it can work. Um, I enjoy being part of the community and being able to talk to the community members. Um, this is a small enough business that most of the time we can take the time to talk to people. Um, obviously, when it's really busy and we're short of help, we, we can't do that, <laughs> yeah. but um, we enjoy doing that. And I know my husband has really enjoyed doing that, too, since he's become involved. <laughs> Sometimes so. it's hard to do much more than that stationary wave and a head nod, right. up, an upward right. head nod. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you could, that says it all. Like right. People who have been in here know the family, right. know the business. They also yep. know the deal. Yep. It's busy. We're, it's, we're, right. We're, we're, <laughs> right. We're no going to get the quick talk. salute. And, <laughs> And go there. If anything, they're probably apt to be like, "You need me to help you dish some ice cream." <laughs> <laughs> and I've had people do that. They've cleared tables and washed tables, and um, I've had a few come back in the kitchen and help me when I've been <laughs> overwhelmed in the kitchen. Yep. So that, yeah, that that's nice that that people feel comfortable enough to do that. Yeah. Well, it's, I've learned so much just in the last little bit that we've been talking here. A anything else that you'd like to throw out there? You've got a public forum. Anything <laughs> else you'd like to shoehorn into the, the interview and let the, the public know or share? Wow. Not that I can think of. Well, it's, it's also how do you summarize 34 seasons right. of two-way community support in right. like a 90-second soundbite right. on a podcast. Right. Yep. It's, uh, it's been a lot. When I think back on it, it's it's just huge. I you know it's just unbelievable, all the things that I've experienced through this business. Yeah. Yeah. All the ups, all the downs, but mostly right. ups. Right. Along the yeah. way, we've had some bad times, but we got through them. So yeah. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for meeting me this morning. I knew oh, that Scooters has been on my radar to do for Climax the podcast mm -hmm. and the Bristol family for really since the inception because when I started who do I talk to I've listed kind of all the businesses that are mm -hmm. still open sure. <laughs> right now because a lot of them from my day are right. either no longer there or they've taken on <laughs> other forms right. or owners in that right. time yep. but thanks so much for joining oh, Climax you're welcome. Podcast. thank you for coming hope everybody learned a little something more about the history of scooters and the Bristols mm -hmm. and everything that they brought to this community over the last 34 <laughs> years right thank you very much I appreciate it What a fun conversation and what a lot to learn about Scooters and the Bristol family. Such a great time here on Climax the Podcast. Thank you, Cindy, for joining us on this episode. Now it's time to call back to the introduction where we talked about this interesting development, this partnership between Climax Scott's Digital Network and Climax Scott's Junior Senior High School. You know, it really is funny how things work out. 
Lark Murphy was the guest for episode one. She helped us get get it all started, and she's the longest tenured teacher in Climax Scott. She's still teaching in the school to this day. And not too long ago, English teacher Ms. Jennifer Wright was talking to Lark about her journalism class. Journalism class is a new brainchild of Ms. Wright. It is a student-led class. And the class reached the decision that they were going to work on blogs and podcasts. Through some conversation amongst the teachers, Jennifer was looking for a little bit of help to teach the kids with some podcasting and this content creation. And our old pal, Mrs. Murphy, sorry, Lark, I'm still having a hard time with that. Short version, Lark basically said, you know, there's this alumni who's back in town. Connections were made, emails were sent, and in about three or four days, CSDN was in the classroom working with the kids. A little communication has made a lot happen. As mentioned, this is a student-led class, and the students themselves came to the conclusion of doing blogs and podcasts. And now we're at the point where we're talking about things like pre-production and production. And I don't want to make this a lesson in podcasting and content creation for everybody listening, but there's a lot that goes into something like this. Even the average episode of Climax the Podcast is anywhere between like 5 and 15 hours work. There's a lot that goes into it besides just what you listen to as a final product. By the time this podcast drops, what will be two Mondays ago, I started in the classroom with Ms. Wright's class. And the kids have already learned and advanced so much, it's hard to believe it's only been six school days and one half day with a shorter class. But they're showing a lot of interest, and we're just about to the point where we're going to start creating their content, creating their blogs, and creating their podcasts. Journalism class will not just be student-led, but it's going to be student-driven content with incentive. Students won't just be turning in assignments. They won't just be emailing or Google Classrooming. Can I use that as a verb? I just did. That's a thing. Google Classrooming is now a verb. However they get it to Ms. Wright, they aren't just going to be turning in assignments for a grade. We're actually going to be publishing these blogs and these podcasts through the outlets of Climax Scott's digital network. So what that means is the blogs will be published and shared to all of our digital audience at ClimaxScottsDigitalNetwork.com, the Facebook following, all of the different social medias. Heather Wexler is also helping with the push, sharing the content through the school channels. What this means to the students is you aren't just recording a podcast. That podcast is going to be shared everywhere this show is. These students are actually going to have their work shared not just with the Climax Scots community, but really the world. Just like this show, their podcasts are going to be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and all the different services. The blogs are going to be published through ClimaxScottsDigitalNetwork.com, and that's going to be able to link up with some other resources, too. In just a week and a half of formally working together, there's already been a lot of innovation, there's already been a lot of creativity, and I can tell you there's even more to come. So far, this seems to be a very good thing for Climax Scots Community Schools. It's been wonderful for Climax Scots Digital Network, and best of all, I think it's going to have the biggest impact and the best positive results for the students of Climax Scots and you, the Climax Scots Digital Network and Climax the Podcast audience. Because starting in just a couple of weeks, in fact, we have a target date of no later than November 17th, you may start to get notifications for Climax the Podcast, but it may be a little bit different from what you're used to. It may be the title of the student projects. We may have special episodes of Climax the Podcast where I bow out and have the students involved. We are literally inventing what this looks like, and it may take on a lot of different forms. And I think everybody's going to really enjoy being able to sample all the works, all the creativity, and all the passion from today's generation of Climax Scott's Junior Senior High School. And it's about that time of the week we need to start wrapping up the show. 
Of course, thank you for listening to Climax the Podcast. CSDN is a startup company, so any support we can get from our listeners and from our audience is greatly appreciated. You can check out the donations and the merchandise available at ClimaxScottsDigitalNetwork.com. And there are even more sponsorship opportunities that are going to come up. If you have a local business, if our audience is somebody you would like your product or your services to be marketed to, get in touch because we're about to have a lot more content, which means there will be a lot more opportunity for advertising to the Climax Scots community. Whether you're a potential sponsor or just a loyal listener of this show, we would love to hear from you. There's a contact form on ClimaxScotsDigitalNetwork.com. You can email either admin at ClimaxScotsDigitalNetwork.com or ClimaxThePodcast at gmail.com. You can give a call or a text message to 779-456-6713 or find us on social media. There's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's Twitter, which basically doesn't exist. And there's even a TikTok that's sort of in its beginning phases. You can actually get the social media all from the upper right-hand corner. All the links are there at ClimaxScottsDigitalNetwork.com. Thank you one more time to this week's guest, Cindy Bristol. Thank you to you, our audience, for listening, subscribing, sharing, commenting, reviewing, and all the things you do to help spread the word and the love of Climax the Podcast, Love Letter to a Small Town. I'll talk to you guys in about a week. You blink, you've gone too far.